upon a time, we used to share a house. Now we share a podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jordan. And this is our long-distance friendship. Well, Jordan. Such a long time. Do you want to um, tell the listeners what you're doing right now? <laughs> well, listeners, <laughs> you didn't hear my turn signal a moment ago. You might have noticed that I'm in the car. Isn't it? Don't we live in an amazing future, futuristic world in which you can record an entire podcast episode while on your commute home from work? Or where, where are you actually driving from? Um, I worked in events for the seminary today. So, oh, cool. A marriage conference, which is in the list of things I want to discuss. Oh, well, let's go. You can you can start us off. How was that? Um it was good. So the event was <laughs> I want to start this by saying seminary is a weird place. Like <laughs> there's a lot of things. I mean, and this is true of all communities. So it's not necessarily specific to them. But there's a lot of things that are just like highly specific circumstances to a seminary. Particularly hmm. one in the South, I would guess. Um, but Like what? Tell me about that. Or well, how like, that came out today. Like, this event was sponsored by the uh, Seminaries Wives Fellowship. Oh. <laughs> which, at some okay. seminaries, <laughs> this is a common <laughs> thing to have at seminaries. And... It has, like, mixed purposes. So, in some ways, it's just, like, a lot of um, spouses get uprooted by um, where their uh, spouse chooses to go to school. And so, it's a point of connection for people. Um, It's a point of connection. Let's face it, most seminaries are men. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mine is uh, more off-balanced than some uh, in regard to its uh, male-female ratios. But still very heavily dominated um by men and so generally speaking like many of these wives have um you know it's a good point of connection for some other women who understand what it's like to be married to somebody in seminary yada 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 yeah this sounds sounds like the kind of thing that happens in like military like the military bases yes no um which is kind and thoughtful um in some seminaries, and I don't think mine is like this, um, they can be a little um, awful in that one of the things that they do is like train women to do things that they believe a pastor's wife should do. Some of which is like arranging the flowers for the church and stuff. So like they have classes on that? or Yes. There are seminaries that have that as a thing. That's not really what ours does. It's really just truly like a fellowship (laughs) kind of thing. But that is very funny. That's I mean, I guess you know if I were ranking all of the the necessary skills that uh, the spouse of a pastor needs to have, like in order to to support their husband's ministry, well, yeah, flowers. Arrange them. Make it beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a, that's just a whole side note about 
sexism in ministry, but <laughs> um, <laughs> the the pay, the point being, like, this is not something that I'm actually a part of, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm a student worker for the events department at my seminary, and so I just work events. And you're not um, in seminary wives club. You no, were just, I'm not because I am not married, and certainly not married to someone else in seminary. No, well, I just wondered. I don't know if if like obviously you don't have a wife to be in that club like are you, because you're a woman are you allowed to be to be in it like as your own so that you can learn to arrange your own flowers for your church? I'm sorry, I'm still. <clears throat> I'll I'll stop now. I know it's so hard, and it's so like, I don't want to belittle someone who like takes ownership of that form of hospitality as their means of ministry because I do really value that. I think oh, what I struggle yes. with is the idea that because we hire and pay your husband, you as a wife um are expected to perform ministry tasks right. without pay or regard. But right. The assum the assumption there that like, oh, it's a two for one kind of deal and this is this is the work that you're expected to to do. That's a strange thing. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. very common in my experience um, mm. to see that expectation mm-hmm. put on pastors' wives at at every level within the church in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's more of a southern thing or if it's I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I would have to think through my church experiences to see if that rings true. I don't want to say one way or another. All of that to say, Probably. they sponsored this event. <laughs> the point. Yeah. <laughs> the digression into that was not necessarily the point of this topic, but um, <laughs> the right. person that they had come and speak is um, our pastoral. He teaches pastoral care and counseling and marriage and family counseling. He's an adjunct professor. At oh, cool. You really told great. me about him before. You like his classes. I'm very um, pro this person. Like, they're yeah. great. Um, but <laughs> It was kind of awkward to be there. And like I was, I sat in on the sessions and just was listening. Um, But there was, (laughs) (laughs) there were two things that I need to tell you about that are really funny. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Okay. One is he talked about how he started talking about the Garden of Eden and the ways in which um, our longings are, um, uh, stifled by the curse, basically. Okay. And all of these things. It's too complicated to get into, but he makes this statement. <laughs> and it, it, out of context, will sound awful, but in context, was really very kind. Um, <laughs> but he goes, <laughs> I think that the person in our world who feel may, may feel the curse most strongly is an over 30 single woman in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> I'm literally standing in the doorway like I was about to close the doors to the room that they were in after refilling the snack table. And I'm like, okay, I'm literally the only person in this room who fits that description. <laughs> You're talking to me! to find out to hear him like elaborate on that well he had had talked about this like this 
aspect of things in class before. Mm-hmm. So like I had heard it and I knew where it was coming from. But mm-hmm. I was just like it was just this like really awkward moment of like I'm like tiptoeing in and out of the room trying to, you know, do whatever and not be loud and a distraction. And I'm like it halfway in the room, halfway not, <laughs> as he says that statement. And I'm like, oh, no one turn around and look at me, please. <laughs> like did anyone? Did they know you were so there? Awkward. No. Oh, that's good. good. They were all very focused on him and struck by the things he was saying. Good, but then good. I didn't really, like, I didn't know what I was signing up for by any means. I just knew I would be coming in and out of sessions and putting stuff on the thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what all this marriage retreat en- encompassed. <laughs> but yeah, there was I've a section. <laughs> well, right. Why would I? <laughs> How would you know? But session three was on, like, the sexual relationship. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, okay. Just careful here. This is a family podcast, you know. <laughs> well, yes. I was like, okay. I don't think I have to leave. Like. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Like, do I belong in this room as I fill the what snack table? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? And then, like, the good, like, Southern Baptist in me is like, let me not hear it, for I am not in in the way of marriage. <laughs> I must not pollute my mind. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I left, and then I was like, he is for sure going to say something to me about not sitting in through that session. <laughs> it's like, he is going to have noticed that I didn't stay in there. Yeah, yep. You're gonna hear about that. He's gonna give you a hard time. I did, and I was like, I don't know how to respond to this because I can either make this really uncomfortable and <laughs> explain to you my entire thought process behind do I stay or do I go, uh-huh. or I can make it just a really uncomfortable joke for both of us to experience. <laughs> what did you choose? <laughs> Obviously, the latter. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, I didn't really know what the vibe was going to be, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. It was just such a moment of my life in which I was like, nothing has ever better explained the consistency of my experiences Mm. than being... (laughs) There was one other single person there. There was a guy there that was also a student worker. But he had not sat in on any of the se- sessions. He was working on like a homework assignment. <laughs> uh-huh. There's nothing that's ever explained my experience in life more than leaving a marriage conference because <laughs> they were talking about sex <laughs> and then having to talk about that with my professor. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a funny, what a funny experience you've had. It's um, just yeah, so never- my life been to a marriage conference but I would think I would definitely feel very out of place well and I would be out of place right it's not for me right it's yeah you were out of out of place but you weren't you you were you belonged you were invited you were you were serving anyway so that's all that's very funny what a funny sense like there's this piece of me that like as a ministry or as a seminary student is like oh I can use anything he says because in ministry I'll encounter people who will need to talk about these things yeah so part of me was like I should stay in here and listen to what he has to say about all this stuff that I was like I just I can't 
Also, I don't know if I can look at the people who are also in my Greek class as we're discussing mm. these issues. <laughs> but anyway, that was my day. That's why I'm recording in the car because I thought that that event ended at 2 p.m. and it ended at 4 something. <laughs> well, is it a multiple multiple day thing? Do you go back again tomorrow or is it just a no, single? No, it was just a one day thing. Yeah. Well, um, glad that you made it. Don't crash the car on your way home. Well, now I'm in my driveway, but I can't go into my house because my family will start talking to me. So. As you're sitting as a creeper in your driveway. It's fine. I do it on the regular. Um, the only thing that I really wanted to talk about this evening um, was, so as we're starting, well, we're not just starting. We're like three weeks into a new year. I'm just slow. One of the things that I'm trying to do more of, obviously, as is the entire world, is read more books this year. Surprise. Everyone does this. But I'm, like, trying to find... I have various lists that I'm trying to go through, like, categories. I'm still Mm -hmm. working my way through all of the Newbery Award winners. I'm still making my way through all of the Pulitzer Prize winners for fiction. You know, those sorts of things. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've gotten to a point in those lists where I feel like, this is going to sound terrible, but I feel like I've read all the good ones, or I keep starting Mm -hmm. ones that I'm not interested in finishing. And here in my um, 30th year of life, or I guess as a 30-year-old, I've decided to give myself permission to not finish books that I don't like. (laughs) Yes. Like, if if I'm just reading it for fun, and it's not fun, then I'm going to stop reading that book and a different one (laughs) so um i was wondering like if there are any books that you have read recently um or listeners you know feel free to feel free to send any suggestions my way but any books you've read recently jordan that you would recommend in any genre honestly okay that i should read um well, I don't know if you should read this unless you're also studying the book of First Corinthians. But I just finished my last Greek class on First Corinthians. Yes. Woohoo. Um, and the commentary we used was really good. And it was um Anthony Dr. Anthony Thistleton. Thistleton? Yes. Oh, that's a great um, name. Right? Doesn't it sound I don't know. Um, like a guy who would have things to say. Uh, it actually reminds me of. It makes me think of that uh, <laughs> that crazy little man in um, Frozen. That's who. Oh yeah, Lord Wesselton. Yes. Anthony Thistleton. Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel that. That's the vibe. Yeah. Um, this guy's way nicer and better than that dude. But, um, <laughs> Good. Because uh, I don't think you read a book by. Lord Wesselton. Weaselton. <laughs> yeah. um, it's his shorter commentary, and it's like, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's like shorter commentary for exegesis and pastoral something or another. Okay. Anyway. Specifically on the book of First Corinthians? Yes. I mean, if he has other ones that are like this, I would recommend it, but I don't think he does. because Well, he probably has one on Second Corinthians. Most people that do First do Second. But... Mm-hmm. Um, his um reflection questions were some of the like 
most well-written and thought-out reflection questions I've ever read in my life. (laughs) Cool. It was really good. Um, And so make sure you get the shorter one. (laughs) the, The full commentary is really different. Like, the full commentary is about, like, every historian's thought on whatever these things and every Greek language possibility of whatever it's like over mm-hmm. a 1500 pages or something oh um the shorter one is like two or something hundred i wrote it on my kindle so i don't know how many pages it actually is but okay cool uh, well i will really good uh, i'll pick it up it does sound good i like the book of first corinthians um so i would enjoy reading um his thoughts and reflections on it yeah i really enjoyed it um I haven't really read much of anything else uh, in this, the new year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> I've been in school, so I guess maybe it's unfair of me to ask what you're reading for fun when maybe you're just reading for school. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a Goodreads account? Have we discussed this? I do not have a Goodreads account, but I okay. am aware of it as a thing. I'm into Goodreads because it's like, well, now a lot of services use this, but like back in the day, Pandora was what I encountered as the first thing that like, you clicked a bunch of stuff that you liked and then every once in a while it would recommend a song that it thought you would like Mm. or an album or whatever. So it can be like that with, in regard to reading. So as you're clicking books that you like um, and have read, sometimes it'll suggest a book that is like. Close enough that you'll like it, but different enough that it's not like you're just reading the same book over. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a good idea. And it has all the, like, Oprah's book list and Reese Witherspoon's book list and, like, all those on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of a, Which, a curated, personalized recommendation yeah. list. I started a book, but I haven't finished it. That was really interesting to me. I, it started to have some stuff in it that I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. and. I wanted to finish it so that I could kind of gauge like what the story arc was in relation to the issues it raised, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Um, called the Henna Artist. I have not heard of that one. Is it fiction? Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the right thing is. It it the issues that come up are abortion and stuff, and it's oh okay. So it so a nice light read is what you're saying. <laughs> casual. I mean, it is fiction, but it's just very, um, the way it was written, I was really enjoying, um, the way that the story was unfolding was really good. I, I don't know what the narrative around that, how that narrative plays out, but it Mm. is very central to the storyline. So if that's hard for people to read, I would say Mm. don't read this Mm -hmm. book, but yeah, I, I had it on my library app and I ran out of time because school started back so I didn't finish it and I was I don't don't know I was struggling with reading it um just because I I didn't know if like in the end it was going to in some way glorify it or if it was just Mm -hmm. going to be honest about the difficulties surrounding that issue right and either way that's going to be a hard ending there's no there's there's no happy ending here right (laughs) right um either way it's hard to hard to read yeah. Um, I read a book recently. Well, I've been listening to audiobooks recently as I walk my dog. And um, so I read a book recently, um, just finished it 
by Eric Larson, who was the same guy who wrote Devil in the White City, which we've talked about before, Jordan. It's the story of the Chicago World's Fair um, kind of interwoven with the serial killer who was operating during that time. Um, yes. I still haven't read this book, and it's, like, so high on my list of books because it's a major cross-section of things I'm interested in. That's that's what, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, if you haven't read this, this is like, oh, what kind of book would Jordan like? This one, a book about serial killers and, like, really well-told narrative about, like, history. Anyway, I think I think you'd really like it. Um, oh, and the World's Fair, I find fascinating. Yes. Oh, yes. Just a giant display of the newest and latest and greatest feats of mankind. Like, what a cool idea. Humanity showing off to one another. Exactly. Anyway, so I really liked that. So I was looking for some other books of his, and I read Dead Wake, um, which is about the sinking of the Lusitania. And that was fascinating. I, I really liked that. First of all, I liked his writing style. I really like that he manages to tell a compelling um, story with great flow and drama and hits all the right notes while still using exclusively um, primary sources. And I mean, the whole thing, is it's, it's total nonfiction. Um, it kind of tells the story of the Lusitania, which briefly, it was a giant ocean liner um, the sinking of which was a major factor in the U.S. joining World War One. So back in back in the early 1900s, there's this big ship. Germany sank it. The U.S. got mad. A couple of years later, we joined the war. Not exclusively because of that, but kind of because of that. Anyway, so that. But so we got the, you get the story from the perspective of everybody on the ship. You get the story from the perspective of the British um, military bigwigs. You get it from um, President Wilson, who is really trying to avoid going to war and is really just trying to date this woman and get her to marry him. And she doesn't want to. And anyway, so you get his whole thing. And then also, um, from the side of the German submarine commander. Um, so it was just a fascinating description of submarine warfare and the dynamic, the political dynamics of the time and the naval strategies and the way shipping worked and the way I don't, transportation worked and this, this glorious Titanic-like ocean liner. That style of writing is like so interesting to me because it's like, really just interesting marriage of human interest piece with informational text. Yeah. And those are two of my favorite cross sections. Like someone talking about something that they know a lot about is one of my favorite things mm -hmm. and meaningful storytelling. Oh yeah. And sounds like that's exactly what he does. Right. Right. It really is. Because you, you get to know the people personally, um, and also I know a lot about German submarines now. <laughs> and I feel like I have this this broad and somewhat deep, certainly deeper than I had, understanding of this 
giant political incident of the last century. Um, one of the more significant things to happen. And I kind of knew vaguely, oh yeah, that was a boat and it sank around the same time as the Titanic, but I think it was like someone sank it. That's all I could have told you. Um, anyway, so I really liked that. So as we're, as we're talking about books, I would be remiss not to mention, mention that one and recommend it to you. We could very easily turn this podcast into a book discussion podcast. Oh, I would enjoy that. Listen, we're going to run out of games eventually. Yeah, yeah. I'm shy on ideas myself. Are you backing up? I'm back in my car. <laughs> I So my parents left. <laughs> uh, I hope that this really adds to the experience for everyone. I feel like it will on the whole. But my parents <laughs> left. So I ran in the house to get something. I'm going to my sister's house tonight. And so, but I left something. I didn't, again, I thought this event was going to end at two o'clock. <laughs> right. I left at 4.30. Different. <laughs> so different. Um, I knew I was going to go to my sister's house tonight, but I had left something that I needed for tonight at my dad's. Mm -hmm. So I needed to go home and get it. His house is on the way to my sister's. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I ran in and got it. If you also hear something that sounds like other people in one part, their TV was on and was so loud, even though they weren't <laughs> home. But anyway, oh. I'm back in the car, guys, and I'm driving safely. Don't worry. Um, I have headphones now, so hopefully I can be even more focused on the road. My hands <laughs> are at 10 and 2. Good. Um, That's excellent. Hopefully you don't hear the styrofoam containers that are <laughs> rambling about in my car. We heard them no. a minute ago as you were maybe putting them in or moving some stuff around, but I don't hear them yes. anymore. I'm so sorry to those of you who have um, sound issues and one of which involves styrofoam. Um, I can yeah. relate. If you know me at all, you know that I have both texture <laughs> and sound uh, angst in my life. So I'm very sorry if I did that to anyone. Mm, it's okay. I'll try to cut it out. We'll see. Maybe they yeah. won't even know what we're talking about. But they're like, what do you mean? This is a, this, this audio is pristine. It's like the best we've ever heard. Recording studio. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys can go pro. No one. No one ever. Oh, boy. Well, um, hey, do we have time to play a, to play a game? I think we do. All right. Great. Um, you had an idea for a game, so why don't you start us off? I believe what we landed on was that we should tell, we should rank, this is a ranked game, our top two best driving experiences and our bottom two worst driving experiences. Hey, friends. Sorry to cut this short, but we're going to have to take a break. See, right about this time is when Jordan drove out of cell service and was therefore unable to finish this episode. So what we're going to do is publish this first half of our conversation now, and then you can be looking forward to the second half of the episode featuring this evening's game at another time when Jordan is connected to the internet. So, uh, looking forward to that, but for now... Thanks again for listening. This has been most of an episode of Long Distance Friendship with Jordan and Amanda, where I am Amanda, and Jordan is lost out in the cell phone-less woods. See you next time. <laughs>